0: Welcome back to The Body Podcast, where we talk strength, conditioning, lifestyle, and everything in between. Today, we have a special guest on with us, Justin Pugh, talking football, becoming a new dad, and what he has planned next.
1: All right, so this
0: year, and I'm I'm saving it for the podcast, I'm going to sign with... We have 10-year NFL vet, 19th overall pick, but probably most known for being Angie's husband in the body world. Justin Pugh. In the body world? Like,
1: oh, you're Angie's husband, which I I actually (laughs) love. When I was growing up, my sister was older and she was actually like athletically in, in our high school, she was always better than me. Like she was like star in lacrosse, field hockey, all those things. So at first I was, you know, Jenna Pugh's brother, and I flipped the script on her, so I may have to become a trainer at Body, so it can be like,
0: you know, now there's some competition between cool. whose who's yeah. spouse I, you know. Post-NFL post life, yeah, just, it, it was so funny, because I, I think, like, most people are like, oh, that's Justin's husband, but like in the Body world, people would come in the class and be like, hey, uh, that's Andrew's husband, and it's like crazy. Yeah, I mean, when I was going, when we were getting married
1: last year, I was going to Body like every day. And we were, you know, it's 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 the it's the best workout for me once I'm slimming down in the NFL. And it was always like, oh, you're Ange's husband. That's kind of how it always popped up. So it was nice. It was a breath of fresh air. Well, speaking about
0: you go to body, there's, you know, obviously just... Us, most of myself and a lot of people think we're just like regular guys, but you, like Darren Waller's going, Julie, er- like athlete, world class athletes are going. What what do you like so much about it?
1: Well, the thing that I love most about body is the community. Now, obviously, like I've had an inside peek. My wife has been a trainer there, but like all the events outside of it, and this is what I tell about everybody all the time, like someone's new to a city, I'm like, find a place like body. And what I'm finding out is there's not many gyms like it in the, in the world. I I told a friend of mine, I was like, he was moving to a new city. I said, dude, you got to find a gym, a community and have that, that family atmosphere. And he's like, I've tried, I've tried this workout and that. And we all know the names and all those things. Body has created something unique where you have a, um, that family atmosphere and you go and you can talk to people and it's 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 approachable and that's what i've loved about it. i go and get my butt kicked because it's, it's the type of training where it's it's totally opposite of what i do in the nfl what i do in the nfl is a lot of weight one or two three times body's like nonstop for 45 minutes yeah. and i get crushed every time and, and i'll give a shout out to to james ramsey's husband yeah. james Every time I work out with him, he just absolutely crushes me. And it's, it's always demoralizing. So once I retire, I'm coming for you, James. (laughs)
0: I'll tell you this. I, when James like, let's go to this class. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. I just go to the next class. I don't know. (laughs) His guy's pumping up 45 pull-ups. I'm sitting there like. Uh, three was good. I think my arms are sore. <laughs> exactly. I fatigue out so quickly. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll go low and slow. I'm out. I always try to make up some kind of excuse. So I'm like cranking out ups and my cranking out, i like five or six. I'm like, this is such a simple exercise. Why am I gas? You know, it's, like I don't, I just, I go from, I get like 10 and then like the next two are the hardest two in my life. It's, and he's over there just, and just pumping them out. The
1: same with Anne, my wife, yeah. Anne, she's pregnant right now and I'll go to the workouts with her and she's absolutely crushing me. And I'm like. I keep talking about being an athlete
0: and I don't know I don't know if I am I don't know what the threshold is yeah. I don't know if I'm going to make it but I know and, and what I like about body too is like I mean I vaguely played Division three basketball and when you're an athlete you've been told what to workouts to do your whole life so like when you go after it to try to do a workout, I get to the gym by myself five minutes I'm like ah I'm good I'll, I'll get out of here. I need someone to tell me I need to a hundred percent like and this is what I told Angie the other day
1: I was she's like oh put me put me through a workout and I'm like. I don't know a workout to put you through. Like I can give you like the basics. Like we'll do like, you know, back and chest buys and tries, but like coming up with actual lifts, I've been told where to be, how to be, when to be since I was 13 years old. And I'm 33 now. Like I'm a robot. Yeah. So if, unless you like, it's almost like Ron Burgundy, if it's not like on the teleprompter, like I
0: can't read it. So just give me exactly what you want me to do. My, my buddy, one of my good friends, really good college basketball player at Boston university. And like probably, I think they're maybe their best player of all time. And he well, no, Reggie Lewis, but him, he's close to it. But he um, went overseas, played, and he finally just had bad knee. He was like, I'm done. And he just didn't work out, touch of basketball for a year. He blew up so quickly because he's like, I try to go to the gym, I just am so numb. I don't know what to do. And this is like 2015 14 when you don't, you know, get told what to do. We, there was no hit classes or anything like that. So he was just like, I blow up. I'm sort of like either adding. You're an offensive lineman, so I think you might go the other way. But there's a lot of guys that go. I think athletes either blow up or they get really skinny. It's
1: it's the absolute funniest thing of all time because O linemen go one of two ways: we get fat as shit and die of a heart attack at 45, which is kind of sad to talk about. But or yeah. we get super skinny and become like a triathlete. Yeah, the DBs, the running backs, the receivers who've been skinny their whole life end up fat as shit down the road and I I tell them that in the locker room I said yeah I'm fat now but like when I see you at the reunion you're going to be the one that's going to be fat and I'm going to have the six pack the tables will turn because I used to be um, when I was playing for the Giants I was like 330 pounds and I got down to last year for our wedding I got down to like 258 and I had like a little two pack coming in (laughs) but then the Cardinals called and I ended up putting like 25 pounds back on and right now I'm actually in the process of putting weight on because, and, and we can get into it more. I'm, I'm probably going to play again this year. And all I do right now is I eat, I shit, and I work out. Like, that's <laughs> my, I, you don't realize when you're trying to put weight on how much shitting you actually do. Like, I don't live a life. Like, I yeah. just, it's, it's constantly just a rotation of, I'm like a newborn baby all <laughs> over again.
0: Well, let's get into it. You, uh, so you go to, you're from Philadelphia, played high school football there, You yep. picked Syracuse. I tried to, world so like, I tried to go look mm-hmm. the high school rankings, couldn't find any. I Back wasn't the, ranked. You weren't ranked, no. So, you're non-ranked. Where, where were the other schools you were looking at? So, I had no other Division 1 offers. Sergio, is the only one that offered you. Division 1. I
1: New had York. Villanova, which is right in my backyard. Um, I had University of New Hampshire. Oh. So, I had I had those two offers. And I was Chip Kelly started there. Yeah, he was gone, but he was yeah, at, he was a, at or- he was at or- he was big time at that point. I wish Chip oh, Kelly was offering me at uh, that point.
0: Ricky Santos, their quarterback. Yeah, against our rival high school, there I'm pretty sure he, he single handedly beat us forty nine nothing. And I'm pretty sure he threw the ball and then ran fifty yards and caught the ball against <laughs> us. And he was there. He was the first quarterback that Chip got at U N H to. Um, they, like, he put do, up like 500 yards of pass. Do the sure. whole spread offense, yeah. getting out quickly. Like Ricky Santos. Yeah, well, if, if he was
1: there, if he was there, maybe I would have, maybe I would have considered it. I never considered University of New Hampshire. No offense no, to, no, th- no. to the no. to New England area. Love that area. Um, I was between Nova and Syracuse, and I'm like, one's one A. I'll get to play USC. I get to play Penn State. I get to play all these. You know nationally televised games granted Syracuse was the worst team in college football when I commit no in the we were big east still at that point
0: oh okay 2009
1: we were still big east we had just finished like worst in college football our recruiting class was like 116 out of 120 I was a two-star so I was rated okay but two stars like they just throw two stars on you they don't even give out one star because it was a little demoralizing a
0: a two-star is basically you have a division one offer
1: yeah, basically. Like I had one offer as a junior. Like I got offered as a junior, and I thought I was going to get offered by every school in the country, and no one else came calling. And I was like, you know, I, I committed to Syracuse. I'm like, I hope they don't pull my offer. Yeah. And the coach that offered me got fired, and Doug Marone came in as the, the new head coach, and he went on to become head coach of the Bills, Jaguars. He's now with the Saints. And I don't know if you – have you watched the new Florida documentary about yeah. the Swamp?
0: I, I did watch it I wish they got a little more they, they, they kept it That team is an R-rated team That was a PG movie It looked like it was an Urban
1: Meyer Tim TiVo puff, puff piece Like Urban's like Alright I got caught grabbing that woman I got fired from the Jags Everyone hates me Let's talk about the one time in my career Where I was like the man And like it, it was a puff piece for Urban
0: Chris Dunlap got a DUI the night before The SEC championship game Just don't talk about that
1: Chris. We had a murderer We had a murderer on the team We don't talk about him <laughs> He, he was murdering people while these games were going on, while him and Tebow were hugging each other. Yeah. He was murdering people.
0: And they just don't talk about it. They don't even bring him up. Nothing. Just. And then, uh, did you see the one about Bishop Sacamore? I haven't Sacamore? seen that one yet. That, not that. I heard that one was great. That just goes. Okay, good. That is actually, but it's HBO. It's not, you know, some guy did it. But, yeah, we're Floor one needs to be
1: redone. 100%. We need someone like a third-party person to redo it. The reason I bring it up is when I got to Syracuse, Doug Marone was treating us like that. It was like we were getting ready to go off to war. He was trying to get guys to quit the program. He was making players clean the locker room, clean toilets to get them to quit. So, like, I think – Of the – maybe say there's 80 scholarship players on a team, 30 of them had quit my freshman year. We came in – he had us doing up-downs, like, to warm up for the games. Like, he was embarrassing us in front of the other team. And – I remember, like, thinking, like, I'm not built for college football. Like, I need to quit. Like, I called my mom, like, crying as a freshman, like, Mom, I want to come home. And she was like, just stick out the season, and if you make it through the season, we'll see how you do. And I never thought I'd play. I thought I was going to get my degree in finance and go off and work on Wall Street. And three years later, after that, I get drafted. Nineteenth overall. Nineteenth overall. Never thought I would go first round. But I end up going to like the arch rival. I'm a Philly guy through and yeah. through. And I got drafted to the New York Giants, which was like I became public enemy number one in my hometown. Like my kindergarten teacher booed and hated me when I, she would see me out.
0: Really? Oh my god. I mean you're you're from the northeast. I'm you Boston, get. But I think if my friend like signed with the Yankees like my college buddies, uh assistant G with the Yankees. I don't, okay. I don't like rude I don't like boo him. I give him like
1: Okay, so Giants are playing New England in the Super Bowl and you're cheering for New England, right? Yep. So, you're cheering for your buddy to lose. My buddies have eagle tattoos on their chest and arms. Like, they're uh, diehard fans. One of my
0: best friends' dad, coach at Boston College, offensive lineman, uh, Dave Magazoo, and he uh, went with the Panthers. That year, the Patriots played the Panthers in the Super Bowl. And we were all just like, our town was kind of like more well, room for the Patriots. But, like, if we lost, it would kind of be like, well, at least the Magazoos get a Super Bowl, you know? That's not how Philadelphia. Man, you no, guys, I think Philly, a lot different.
1: Philly's even another, uh, you know, they're even more dedicated than, like, I don't say dedicated because New England's just very similar yeah. fan base. But the Philly fans are ruthless. And I remember going to New York and I'm like, I had no control over where I got drafted.
0: Well, that's true. I think maybe because Massachusetts, I like to just joke with Philly, we're smarter than them. So, as a joke. But, like, we're just, we're. we're Damn. We're, no, no, Philly we're, can't we're, catch a break yeah, right yeah, now. Getting ricochet shots. <laughs> um, but no, I was like, like you can't control what you got drafted by. So, oh, good for you. But um, I had a buddy. He grew up a Yankee fan. He has a Yankee tattoo. got drafted by the Red Sox. And his friend was like, hey, going to Red Sox. I said, like, what's that like? He's like, hey, I'm a fan for every size of my paycheck now. He's I'm like, a mean, mercenary. Yeah. Actually, that's who you become.
1: And, like, I thought the Giants had this slogan, like, once a Giant, always a Giant. And I thought that was, like – you know, they're always gonna be committed. They're always gonna take care of their own. And then when free agency hits, they were like, yeah, we need you to get the hell out of here. I was like, oh shit. And I thought, I thought it's almost like the high school girlfriend. You're like, all right, I'm gonna marry my high school girlfriend. And then, like. I didn't talk you, to girls in high school, I was scared. You, you can't. Well, then, okay, so then for you, it's, then it's your college girl. Maybe your post college girlfriend. Like, you're like, oh, this is gonna last forever. And yeah. then she, like, hooks up with your best friend and you're like well what that that didn't last very long (laughs) that's exactly how nfl's teams are like yeah they oh, they tell you they love you and then all of a sudden when free agency hits like all right there's a new pretty girl at the dance we're gonna go get her and you're out of here
0: that's speaking the giants you mentioned how you didn't think you're gonna be a first round pick when you start going to the combine stuff was it your agent being like hey it's one between rounds two three yeah like you did a lot of interviews probably yeah and he always oh, hear crazy stories. Is there a cool, like ask the team, ask you some stupid questions? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I, what you do is when you're a
1: junior or I guess you, some at some point during your senior or junior year, whenever you're draft eligible, you submit your name and they give you a draft grade. So like the, the NFL, some scouts will say, Oh, that guy's got a st- second, third, you know, late round undrafted grade. And I got a second to third round grade. And at that point, I had been there for four years. I've redshirt and I played three. So I had one redshirt year left. And I'm thinking, like, what else is there to accomplish? I'd hurt my shoulder. I missed the first four games of my, of my uh, redshirt junior season. And I'm like, there's nothing left for me to accomplish here. I, when I left, Doug Marone also left. He took a head coach job with the Buffalo Bills. Our quarterback left. And I'm like, there's my roommate and my best friend. I was a left tackle. He was the left guard. He left to go off to law school. So I'm just like, everyone is gone. So there's nothing left for me to do. There's no NIL money at this time. No NIL money. I didn't get a dime from Syracuse, not a dime. I didn't even get a free slice of pizza. Um, so I'm like, all right, let's 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 declare the draft. Like if I go second or third round, I'll be ecstatic. I didn't think I'd get drafted at all. I, I thought my football career would be over. And throughout that process, started to pick up momentum. There was no quarterback that year. It was like E.J. Manuel was the top-rated quarterback, and he ended up going like 15th or 16th to overall Bills. to the Bills. And there was a run on offensive linemen, and I just so happened after 12 dj Fluger from alabama got drafted i'm sitting there thinking like there's no one left like yeah. you can't you have to draft me i thought i was going to go to the cowboys they had the 17th or 16th overall pick they brought me in and when i went into cowboy stadium for my pre-draft visit i walk in and they have that massive jumbotron it says welcome to cowboy stadium jordan Pugh." and there was a <laughs> picture and jordan Pugh was the defensive back and he was Black and I'm white and I'm like I don't think they're drafting me <laughs> like that's
0: they couldn't even put the right picture up on the board and uh, there's some intern <laughs> So yeah <laughs> exactly exactly you know University of Texas Austin <laughs> intern media guy just so, like <laughs> oh George, I think he made he's like we're not said he's, Pugh-, a, he's, he's a Jay Pugh, and it's like you got to pick between a white guy and a black he's like oh it's the NFL <laughs> it's yeah, just, yeah, it's, yeah it's, not it's not this guy from
1: away from there so <laughs> I get to the Cowboys and I'm like yeah they're not drafting me so they actually ended up trading back and taking. Another an, an offensive lineman later in the draft, and the next pick was the Giants, and the Giants hadn't worked me out, hadn't really reached out at all, and all of a sudden I get a call from a two zero one number area code, North Jersey, and I'm like, holy shit! So I pick up the phone, it's Tom Coughlin, And, you know, he's like, he's a he's a BC, he's a BC, BC, guy, he's a BC, BC guy. guy, yeah. Um, calls me, tells tells me they're taking me with the next pick, and I was off to the races, and I remember thinking like the fucking new york giants that's all we kept saying the whole night because like we're we're all eagles fans and we're, you we're in just Philly at the time? I was in Philly I didn't get invited to the draft all my boys are at my house my whole family's there you actually can go on youtube and type in my draft video and it'll pop up and it's it's very wholesome it's like all my friends are yeah. around me that i grew up with and they all dog pile on that's awesome the video went viral overnight it was on espn the next day i had like 500,000 views in like 3 hours
0: and that's like 2 this is like 2013 this is so not 2013 not, this, is, this is old school youtube it's crazy yeah is it is. The old
1: school YouTube. And I just remember, you know, Syracuse was playing a lacrosse game at MetLife Stadium, and we're, we're a lacrosse school. And I went up for that game. I was on the sidelines. All the Giants fans just embraced me. They loved me up. And, like, for the rest of my life, I will always love New York. Like, I will – when I go back to the East Coast, I go back to New York because that's where my opportunity to, to do this was yeah. all – that chance all started, and, and New York City is my favorite city on planet Earth. One day, hopefully, we'll have an apartment or something there to to go back and be
0: involved And With what I want to do, you want to get an apartment? I can live there and take care of it, and so then I'll move out when you guys perfect. Yeah,
1: done deal. That's okay. that's
0: that's the easiest deal I've made all day. Yeah, <laughs> and with what I want to do, rent though. So just so you know, yeah, yeah but yeah. you'll pay it in like taking care Sweat of the place. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Sweat equity. I'll I'll drop the paint. <laughs> Uh, So you get drafted by the Giants. It's like they're. Few years removed from their second Super Bowl. Yeah. Future Hall of Fame quarterback, Eli Manning. You're getting in there. What's, you went from a two star recruit to like Syracuse, my only offer to I'm now blocking for Eli Manning.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. He was the first person to call me. So
0: after I got drafted the next
1: morning, like obviously we partied that night and like yeah. me and all my friends just kept saying, the fucking Giants? <laughs> like we just couldn't get over that in between like shots and drinking. <laughs> random people started showing up at my house, like neighborhood kids that we haven't seen in years were just like, we did it, we made it. Yeah. And Like they were showing up. And I actually I'll, I'll tell you a funny story because you you're a New England guy, Patriots fan. The one craziest interview I had was with the Patriots. So I'm sitting there and like I'm sitting next to – um. Skarnekia, who's the offensive line coach, and McDaniels, who's the OC. Belichick's sitting behind me and they all have their laptops out and we're watching films. So you go into this little Hotel room, and the teams put up some film, and they're like, "Hey, explain this play to me. Why did you do X, Y, or Z?" And all of a sudden, you know, Skarnecki is asking me, McDaniels asking me, and then Belichick's asked me a question. So I turn around to answer his question. He's like, "No, no, no, face forward. Don't look. Like, don't look at me, basically." And I'm like, "This is fucking weird." So Belichick started talking to me, and I had to like talk to the screen, but he's talking to me, and I'm like shitting my pants because it's Bill Belichick, and he's like this the scariest human coach to go play for. And I just remember leaving that meeting like. That is the weirdest interview I've ever been. And I did 11 that that, that, those couple days at the combine. So I guess maybe that's why the Patriots never drafted me. I mean, I turned around one too many times for Bill Belichick's liking. Um, Yeah. But so to go back to your story of, uh, you know, getting drafted, blocking for an NFL legend, I found out what NFL royalty was all about real quick. There's certain people in the NFL you never mess with, and it's NFL royalty. The Mannings, Larry Fitzgerald, you let them do their thing, and you stay out of their way, (laughs) or else you you will lose your job. Who was Coughlin the coach at the time? Coughlin was the coach. Um, Ben McAdoo, well, the first year. Yeah, Ben McAdoo came on like our second year to be the offensive coordinator, and he ends up becoming the head Head coach coach. later on.
0: Interesting. No, it's I just – Eli calls you. That's pretty cool. I just always like, oh, you go from undrafted – or – not highly touted to first-round pick to like, oh, this is awesome. So, like, there's expectations. There are two years now. Where it's like you're getting drafted to, you know, like CJ Strong is drafted to the Texans. It's, hey, growing pains. Let's learn. Let's get better. It's like, I got drafted 19th. This is a team that's supposed to go to the playoffs. Yep. Supposed to make it. Mm-hmm. Expectations. And you're just like, two years ago, I was, like, thinking about getting a
1: finance job. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, when you get taken by a team like the New York Giants that has the pedigree of winning championships – it is expected that you come in and contribute right away. And that was a lot of pressure on me. I played left tackle all throughout my college career, and they moved me to right tackle. And people were like, oh, that's not a big deal. It's like wiping your ass with the other hand. Like, you'll get the job done. It's going to be a little messy, and, like, you're not going to look forward to doing it the next day. Yeah. So I, it just that, that's the way I can explain it the best. It's like, go home tonight and wipe your ass with your other hand. And yeah. you just won't like it as much.
0: Just doesn't feel as comfortable, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, I feel like you just try to throw left-handed. You're doing everything the opposite. And you all right, so you go to the Giants, you go five years with there, and then you sign with the Cardinals. What was the thought process with that? Why'd you pick the Cardinals? Similar to my college
1: experience. So my last year in New York, I had gotten hurt, hurt my back, switching sides. Like I was I was I actually got moved to left guard, which is my best position. We had some injuries, some guys not playing well, so they moved me from left guard back to right tackle. We're playing Von Miller, Sunday Night Football. And they were like, all right, you gotta go block Von Miller. And I didn't get any practice that week at right tackle. They throw me out there. And I played. I actually played one of the best games in my Giants career. We're At this time, This is we went to the wild card the year before. I don't know if you remember the Odell Beckham, Victor Cruz boat trip, where they got yeah. caught on the boat. And they didn't get caught on the boat, but like it kind of blew up, that whole scenario. On the bye week, right? On the, It was, like, right before the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, guys go and party all the time. It just happened to took a picture with Justin Bieber and Trey Song, so it blew up. So we had just gone to the playoffs a year before, thought we were amazing, come back, we have even more talent the next year, and we're, like, one and seven at the time. We have a bunch of injuries. Odell got hurt. Eli wasn't playing very well at the time. The O-line was playing horrific. We're switching guys all over the place. And they're like, hey Pew, we need you to go out to right tackle. It was almost like pee Wee football. Like I was at the time one of our better offensive linemen. And they are like, you gotta go against their best defensive lineman. So if he's at end, you gotta go to right tackle. So I go to right tackle and switching positions puts strain on different things. Like throwing the ball with the other hand. Exactly. Yeah. You're just straining things you haven't strained in a while. I end up hurting my back in this game, but I played well and we won our second game of the year. Or Sunday night football. I actually got like player of the game and Sunday night football, like the guys, like, I don't know who was the announcer at the time. It's like Joe Buck and Mike Tirico. Give me a game ball. I do an interview after the game. Like you moved here on short notice. You blocked, you shut down Bob Miller. Like it was like a highlight of my career, even though we were two and eight. And, that week, my back started locking up after, the, like, in the, in the, towards the end of that game, and my back it just had a, had a disc in my back that would not calm down. So they shut me down for the season, and the GM's like, hey, we're going to get this figured out. The head coach is like, dude, you do everything we ask of you. You, you. you put it all on the line every week. We're going to get your deal done. And then they all got fired. Oh. The new GM comes in. He has, I have my own plans. I have my own guys. I, I want Gettleman? Be. Gettleman comes in. Now, Gettleman couldn't have been more wrong and couldn't have been could you couldn't have done a worse job than he did? But he did it his way, which I totally respect. That like, yeah. did I agree with it? No, but I respect that he was given a job and he did it his way. He wanted to bring in big offensive linemen, and every signing he had didn't pan out. He drafted some good guys though. He drafted Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. Like he he knew talent. Yeah. But when he spent the way he spent money and did some trades, like it, he he blew up the he set the franchise back even further.
0: Uh, and, and, and I know you're active training, to lead. I don't want like bad off it, but like the Giants wide receiving crew last year for Daniel, people are like, how do you damage his money? It's like, he, he, some of the guys look like me out there. It is like, he, and he still put up numbers for it, it's, it's tough. And I, I remember watching him at Duke and it was like, people were like, I can't believe they draft him this high. And I was like, this guy's playing at Duke. He says hike and four first round defensive ends from Clemson are in his face. Yeah. And he's still like putting up numbers. Like that's, Kind of, kind of crazy, you know. A hundred percent. I thought he was pretty good. I also like, you know, bet on Duke a lot because of him. So I was like winning money. So I was like, <laughs> like I was like, this kid's awesome. Like, kid. I was like, whoever drafts me, he can run. He's athletic. Um, I mean, look, he's he, he trips he, over he, the ten yard line. He's, he's yeah, right. He's proven.
1: He's he pr- he's proven he can play, and, that, yeah. and that's for sure. So I guess I I kind of go on these tangents. Yeah. So I apologize. So that year, I thought I was going to go back to New York. I end up going to free agency, and I'm like thinking I'm one of the best guards in football and I'm, I'm surely gonna be one of those first guys paid and I think in my head like I'll be a guy where teams are tampering, they're reaching out to me, there's multiple teams, multiple offers, and like free agency hit and like no one hit me up. And I'm like, all right, I have a back injury, but I didn't think it was that bad. Like I didn't get surgery. I'm I'm gonna be fine. And day goes by, two days go by, another guard signed who I'm better than he had a, he had an all pro year the year before but like he played one good season i had put like 5 years of yeah. tape out there and it came back like hey we just aren't comfortable with where your health is and i'm like i've had this is like I've gotten hurt before, but missed two, three, four games. Like, this back injury, I was out for eight. But really, it was the team shutting me down to try to get me ready for, like, the next season. So, I'm just sitting there like, this is insane. And then, all of a sudden, the Colts came in. They were interested, offered me a deal. Cardinals came in, offered me a deal. So, I'm out in Arizona, and I'm getting ready to go in. It's me, Sam Bradford. When we signed him for that one season, he played like four games for like $20 million, whatever it was. It was crazy. (laughs) And the Cardinals make me an offer. And I'm, you know, this is, I never wanted to leave the Northeast. I felt like the Northeast was the best place on planet Earth. You just can't get better than that. Can't get better than New York City. Come out here, absolutely fall in love with it. The Cardinals make me an offer. I'm literally getting ready to sign and the Colts call and they're like, hey, we just lost out on a player. We'll up your offer. And I'm like, more money? but I have to go to Indianapolis. I'm like, ah, I don't know if I want to do that. So we said, Hey, guarantee a certain amount of the contract, bump it up even more. And I'll leave right now. I'm literally about to sign. So if you can't guarantee the contract, we're not leaving Arizona. Yeah. And this is when Josh McDaniels took that job. And then for a week and then left. Yeah. And the GM was absolutely embarrassed. And he's like, we're not sure on his health. If he doesn't come here and take a physical and pass, I can't guarantee him that yeah. money. And we're like, well, the Cardinals are guaranteeing it right now, and we're here. So hung up with them, signed the contract, boom, I'm here. Like, And, and thank thank God I ended up here because Arizona has been the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Like, yeah. It's changed my perspective on things. Met my wife, Ange, in New York, but then we moved out here. COVID hits. We're out in Arizona, which is one of the best places to be. Oh, yeah. And it just really changed the trajectory of my career for the better.
0: Yeah. So meet and Ange in New York. She came on and talked how you guys met. Curious to know your perspective. Yeah, so <laughs> she tells the story. You know, twenty-five year old, twenty-six year old single guy in New York. Got a contract. I wasn't looking to settle down yeah, when I met Ange. Got a contract invi- and yeah. invited her to, like pump
1: or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So I'll tell the story. So Ange had been in a relationship for a while in college. I was a single guy in New York City we when we a mutual friend introduced us and was like hey my friend's moving to new york you should take her on a date and i was like i'm 26 living in new york city Make i up. am not settling down right now it's like I- so she goes hey just just connect with her whatever so she sends me her instagram and i see her and there's no blind dates anymore in, in this uh, day and age so i see my wife my now wife at the time and i'm like well, she's beautiful there's no denying that but like at that at that point that, that wasn't The end all be all. We 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 started. We talked a few times. She ignored me because she was busy living her life. I ignored her. So like we never thought it would go anywhere. Finally, we we end up connecting and she meets us out one night at a place called Bounce. Bounce, that's it. Bounce, Bounce, yeah. And my and my buddies own the bar, so we would always go there. We would always start at Bounce and then we would like meander into the city somewhere. She shows up in like this like long frilly dress thing, and I'm like give her. I'm giving her shit the entire night. The first night we meet her, I'm like. I hate that outfit. Like the first, so and she, so she hated me at first, and then eventually, like we kept saying, no, we don't want to settle down, we don't want to settle down, and eventually, you realize that person is the one. And as I got to know her better and like saw her outside of like football and like going to meet her family and her around my family and my nieces and nephews, like every day I spent with her, I'm like, I want to see her again. Like I, like you, just become addicted to that person and. And that's really how it started. It was organic. We didn't want it to happen. Like we both were single in New York. She had just moved to New York. And eventually it was like I can't live without you. Yeah. And then I leave and move to Arizona. And we like did six months, six weeks or six months apart, whatever it was. And I was like, You gotta quit your job and move out here. Yeah. And we as soon as she did that, I knew that was the one I knew I was gonna marry her. Yeah. Like I knew she was the one for me. And this was after a year and a half of knowing each other. And then, you know, she moved out here. We started our life together. You don't know what it's like until you live with somebody, how you're going to react. And we had like three and a half years of of that and, you know, got married last year and now we have a baby on the way and it's, it's been amazing. Like there is not, she is the, the best human being I've ever met. I love her to death. She's, she's the woman I want to raise my kids. Like she's holds down the fort for me and my crazy life and yeah, man. Yeah. I'll start it with a, a blind, getting upset up on a well, blind date. She
0: tells it as the mutual friend. She's like, hey, how's it going with Justin? He's like, first time he brought my a date with he invited me to bounce. And then like, she like texts you, take her on a real date. <laughs> yeah. I, but I said, guys, we're dumb. And she's perfect for you because like, she holds on the fo- We're human guys. We're dumb. Just tell Idiots. us what to do. We, we're, we're programmed. Yes. Like I said, we're Tell me the workout, tell me, just tell us what to do. We 99% of the time we'll, we'll do it. Unless we absolutely don't want to do something. We're like, okay, yes. We'll our first, our it. first real day, I took her to the Italian place. I
1: used to go to every Wednesday. And it's the type of Italian place in New York that, like, you reserve your table. So, like, you own your table the first Tuesday of every month or yeah. whatever it is. And I take her to this restaurant, which is kind of like – it was kind of like the Mecca. It's the best Italian food in the Northeast. It's in it's in Hoboken. It's called um, Augustino's. It is okay. the best food. It's like you walk in and your aunt is there. She New you got, a
0: big, New York has the best food in the world. It's the best. Or, like and, it and, exactly. this, and this is in
1: Hoboken. It's yeah. right on Frank Sinatra Drive. Like, it yeah. is the quintessential Italian restaurant. And I took her there, and it was Valentine's Day. Like, that's when I knew. Like yeah. And, and and, you know, you, you slowly, you know, progress in the relationship, and now we got a baby on the way, and yeah. things are progressing even
0: more. Life is a lot different than when we first met. In <laughs> the new 26 New York. <laughs> That's funny. Um, a couple questions here. I feel like who's the toughest player you've had to block?
1: I always say this, and I, I don't even like this guy. Like, I've never even shook this guy's hand. Like, like I've never – like, he has – He's not, like, a respectful guy, and, like, I respect the game. Like, I watch UFC. I'm a big UFC guy, and after every fight, no matter what, you punch a guy in his face, he punches you, you go shake his hand. Aaron Donald from the Rams. So he's the best player bar none. Like, it's him in the next tier of defensive tackle. You have guys, you know, you have your Von Millers, but I've been guard the last five years. But I like I, I I don't like Aaron Donald whatsoever. But he's the best. And like the the way like I don't like him even like we don't. There's no res- like I respect his game. But like I don't respect that he like walks off the field after every game. Like he's that much better than everybody else. Yeah. But the fact
0: that I still say he's the best player just goes it's to show good. how yeah, fucking good this guy is. I, I uh, the the bus from the boys, which Taylor one was talking about on a podcast. He was just like, you know, you get into your meaning of your scripts plays, right? You get in there and like. The early week, we we're going to establish a run Establish the run Which I think Lyman want to establish the run like You want to just Smash people He's like We're playing the Bears He's like We're establish run Then I get the script It's like first 8 to 10 plays Are passes He goes uh, Is uh, Cleo Matt not playing Like no he's playing He's like uh, the, Curious What We're passing the ball Oh, and I'm single blocking Cleo Mack on the first. It's like, awesome guys.
1: Yeah, you just just set me up for failure here. <laughs> and it's funny because offensive coordinators will be like, "Hey, this is what we're paying you to do. Yeah. This is what we're doing." I'm like, uh, "Coach, uh, Aaron Donald makes 30 million dollars a year, and like you made me take a pay cut last year, so like, I don't think this is <laughs> yeah. this isn't adding up right now yeah. in my head. Like we should be double teaming this guy every fucking time." My Kia
0: Forte is not winning this drag race right now, buddy. <laughs> so,
1: so, and, and coach is like, you just got to do your job, and I'm like. That is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> and the Rams have honestly kicked the Cardinals' ass in the last four or five years. We had, we had one game where we got on them. But, dude, we, we never, had a, we never had a good plan for Aaron Donald. And I would always, like, I, would, like, I was drawing up plays on how we should block them. Yeah. And it, we never did it. And it was always, like, just shut up and do your job, basically. Yeah. And we lost. So
0: yeah. that, <laughs> I feel like, there's their best player. Let's just run away from him. It's kind
1: of how I would think. It's the Bill Belichick model: take their best player out of the game, force somebody else on their team to beat us, and we let Aaron. and they scheme things up. They got him one on one. You have to do your job against them.
0: Like, but like, if you can help it, double them every single time. Athletes always talk about being in the zone, like basketball players. Kobe scored eight; he's in the zone. From an offensive line perspective, is there times where you're just like in the zone where you're just cleanly getting people? Obviously, it's different. Touchdown! Yeah. You know, like, but for an no,
1: line, but like, you, you get in a groove fight. of like, you know, just – it's kind of muscle memory. You take your set, the defensive lineman does his, his move on you, and you're able to, you know, do what you need to. You, there's a time when you can look into that guy's eyes and like you can tell you have either – He's taken your soul or you've taken his. Yeah. And you're huffing and puffing. You're tired. And then all of a sudden they do a hockey line shift and bring a whole new crew of D linemen in. And that's where I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm like, me and you are just going every play against each other. And now all of a sudden you get tired and tap out. Offensive linemen don't get to tap yeah, out. You don't. So if anything, like we get to the end of a drive and like we're sucking oxygen because we just had a 10, 12, 15 play drive. Um, but there's definitely times in the game where like you've put your hands on someone and you know you can dominate that person yeah. and he knows it. And that's the best feeling in the world. Like you are taking another man's will every single play, and that's why I keep coming back to the game. Like I love to, to compete, and let's find out. Like you may give me one play early, but in the fourth quarter with the game on the line, I'm gonna, my job is to take your will.
0: Yeah, I always uh, watch things from like a fan sports fan perspective. But it's I think when you are either a team, a fan of a team. And your team just run the ball for seven, eight yards of carry, and the other team can't stop it. It it's more enjoyable than throwing the ball around. Just what, like I think, Michigan, Ohio State last year. Ohio State athletes, you know, fancy, you know, their their finesse offense. Michigan just pound the ball, and there's just something in when you're on the other side, it's miserable. When you're just like, this team just runs seven, eight yards of carry, and we cannot stop them. And when you're on that side, it's so fun. Just watching, like they can't stop. Just keep running the ball down their throat. Who needs a pass?
1: A hundred percent. I mean, being able to run the ball and, and do at will what you want with another team is, is the best thing ever. I mean, and I'll, I'll say this, too. I don't mind pass blocking. I'm one of the best pass protectors in the NFL. Um, so I don't mind pass protecting. I'm not yeah. the biggest guy in the world. Like I'm, I'm more of a position blocker in the run game. Like I'm not mauling somebody. I tell teams this all the time. If you want a mauler, I'm not your guy. Yeah. If you want someone that's going to be where he needs to be on a run play every single time, get my hat on the right spot and, and, and wall off and cut guys and, and kind of be more of that <laughs> athletic lineman and can pass protect better than most – I'm your guy. And the league has gone that way. Yeah. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs. You look at Tom Brady. They're getting the ball out quick. If you can't pass protect, you can't play in the NFL yeah. now. And we really have shied away from like just straight smash mouth running the ball. Like, you know, there's a few teams that do it, the Browns, Tennessee. Speaking of that, the Eagles,
0: Yeah, they run that play where they just put Jalen Hurts behind three dudes in the offensive line. Yeah. Do you think they could just run that every play and march on the field? No, because, I mean, they're getting,
1: like, a yard a clip. It's got to be short yards. I mean, sometimes, three or four well, yards no, or sometimes it is. But eventually it's like Jalen Hurts is going to get hit. Yeah. Something's going to happen. Like, it's just scrum every time. Maybe they could, but, like.
0: But, like, if you're an offensive
1: lineman, that's absolutely miserable to do that play. That's like miserable. That. Your yeah. like, you, you, like, <laughs> neck is, like, getting all contorted. <laughs> it, that's, that's a miserable play. But it's also, like, a trump card. If it's third or fourth and in inches, like, we can get it every time. Every time. I love it. And Jason Kelsey's not a big guy. He's like 280 pounds. He is.
0: I'm just watching. There's something about like they just like it's third one. It's like, oh, they just put Jalen Hurts behind quarterback. He's just going to get three, four yards. They're going to have eight people push him, And there's nothing you could do about it.
1: And the Eagles are built. I mean, I'll say this. The most, two most talented. If you're putting the guns in my head, who is the best built team in the NFL? It's the Eagles or the Niners. Yeah, the Eagles are. The Eagles, if I was ever going to do a team, Mm -hmm. I would never pay a quarterback. Like I, and I've told Kyler this. Yeah. I think you need to have eight starting D-linemen and pay all of them. That's where I'm going to put all my money. I'm going to get veteran offensive linemen that know how to pick up games. Jalen Hurts is my ideal quarterback because you get him in the second or third round. You're not paying him that much money. However, Howie Roseman did the cap space maneuvering with him and like still didn't keep his cap, high, cap hit very under, high.
0: They talk about cap, salary cap, and then like the Rams just paid everyone two years ago, billions of dollars. I'm like, wait, that— this money doesn't make you kind
1: of see step. though how it starts to evolve because now the Rams are having yeah, all sorts yeah. of trouble. So eventually it catches up yeah. with you. And I guess teams are like, all right, we'll take all this dead cap hit and then all of a sudden we're going to be terrible for one year. But we're going to have a five, 10 year run of like yeah. really have a really finite window to win. And the Eagles eventually will have to cycle through this. Yeah. But, um,
0: to end up paying hurts. It could come, but they, I mean, they're just their defense and offensive line. I mean, they basically just draft everyone from Georgia. Which is not a bad option.
1: Alabama or Georgia, give me any
0: of those guys. Any of those guys. Their offensive lines very good. Very good. They have eight running backs that can just run behind those guys. They build it through the...
1: I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay a running back either, which the NFL is doing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They haven't caught on to my not paying a quarterback thing yet. Um, but what they've done... Because like, right now, you could have you traded Jalen Hurts for four or five first-round picks. Yeah. And I'm just thinking like... Okay, I'll just get another young quarterback, like a Russell Wilson or Jalen Hurts, or Tom Brady was a sixth round pick. Dak Prescott was a fourth round pick. You don't; these top end quarterbacks don't always hit. I mean, we took Josh Rosen here, tenth overall, and traded him the very next year. Yeah, I like having the best team possible, and then that helps the quarterback. I don't care how good the quarterback is; he looks better.
0: I would draft defense of players in the first round. Offense, off, go offensive line, and then what I would do is accumulate like eight third round picks and just draft eight quarterbacks <laughs> and let them all battle it out. Just battle it out. Battle it out. <laughs> if you could get a quarterback in the third round every year, then wouldn't you just do that? Just, just draft like eight in the third round, have like three or four battle it out. Whoever wins, like this is the best option. All right, boom, and then you can just get rid of the rest. And then in four years, when he comes up for his fifth-year option. Trade him for 41st first him. first-rounders. trade him for the entire third round. Like right I – mean, every team. <laughs> to, every yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, look at the 49ers. Trey Lance, they gave him all that draft capital. And then two years later, they, they take Mr. Irrelevant, who's starting over him. Yeah. Like so many guys get cycled through because you put all the pressure on a quarterback. There's like four quarterbacks that are good enough to carry a team. Tom Brady just retired. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback of all time. No I'm telling you He has he you, you're in, The best winner of all time Is Tom Brady Tom Brady put up numbers But I will say this No quarterback has done More with less Than Patrick Mahomes He was Last year He was making the most Of the salary cap Of any quarterback ever So he had the least amount Of talent around him In terms of dollars paid To other pl- positions oh, yeah, And he, Kelsey Yeah it's a very good player to have Name, name another guy Like who were the receivers Last year Juju Smith-Schuster Nicole Harbin. Name a guy on defense beside Chris Jones. Name one guy. Uh, Tyron Matthew. Was he on the team last year?
0: Or I thought he was in New Orleans last year. Oh, maybe he was. Uh, I mean, I mean, he might have been yeah, on the Chiefs. Have, no, no. He, might, he, think he was in New Orleans. Yeah, you're right. Uh, they have the three of the... Sorensen. Because <laughs> <Right? laughs> he's the only white guy, the <laughs> yeah. white defender in the, <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm trying to go with my... Mad, I play Madden, so I'm trying I don't
1: play with them. Like, they have the three of the five best players in the NFL. Mahomes, Kelsey, Chris Jones. Chris Jones.
0: But besides that... Yeah. Well, mine my, my was more just like... People was like... More or less... Like,
1: Br- Br- Brady, uh, Br-
0: appear, Br- yeah, Brady, Brady,
1: right there. now, Brady. You're right. Yeah. I, I take back my statement of like he's the best of no, all I, time. But uh, Mahomes will go down as the best of yeah, all time. If, if I'm betting on it, it I'm he, taking
0: my homes to go down as the best. And of He's all time. the only one I think you can. He's the only quarterback I think in the NFL right now. Where if you um, put him on any other team, you put him on the Texans with that roster they become a playoff team. Easy. Every other quarterback, I still think, might not. Mahomes is the only one that would just bet that team to be, and they'd be like minus 20. That's
1: what happened with Tom Brady in in Tampa Bay. Yeah. They had a lot of talent around him too. But I will say this. Aaron Rodgers is more talented than Tom Brady. Yeah. Tom Brady is the best winner, the best motivator, the best locker room guy. And that he raises everyone's level, but he's not the most
0: talented I, guy. I, I have a – I strongly have an issue with the talent part of things. When people say talent just because that one's – it's just – they're just saying – when you say talent, you just mean more athletic. Yeah. That's all it is. Because a, I think an ability to throw the football. I think being smarter than everyone is a talent. But one, no one ever talks about yes, that. you're right. The, yeah, you're the, right. No one ever talks about your – like I think you – being a guard that's smarter than other guards, that like the other guys are physical and do this, but they are technically not as sound. Or not. I think that's like ta- I think brain should be called into it. It's very hard to be smart, study. I think that takes a lot of practice. Well, we it, just saw with the Manziel documentary, he watched zero, zero. film. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the fun.
1: <laughs> <He was laughs> zero, <top> of- <laughs> zero. <laughs> uh, and I'm not hating. Like Brady is the goat. Yeah. Don't
0: get me wrong, but I think when it's all said and done, Mahomes will go down. Yeah, I, I think he could have a chance to win four or five he'll be the favorite to win the super bowl for the next minimum minimum seven years. but the afc is loaded too dude, so, dude i'm just saying like looking at the patriots like our division are like, like me i i also i know athletes hate when i or not some people like it's not your team's like i i i finally pay season tickets you're for paying the salaries years. you're yeah, paying yeah. the salaries exactly. the so shirt. it's like um i'm like i'm gonna say we i think i like our, like our defense we can run the ball we have a bunch of like number two receivers, no number ones. But I just like, look, like, we got to play for six games. Josh Allen twice, Aaron Rodgers twice, and then Tyreek Hillajan while twice here. Yeah, I'm like, God, like, wh-? this team, and that, that's just the FCs. They got Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Couple, like, this, it's, yeah, it's tough. The
1: Steelers are going to beat you up. The Ravens are going to beat you up. Like, I wouldn't. So like I'm yeah, well, in this situation. I'm, I'm in, this, in I'm, exactly. Piece. I'm in this situation right now where I'm considering, do I want to play another year? So teams have been reaching out to see. And I'm looking at the NFC and I'm like, if I go to one of these NFC, one of these top NFC teams, I'm almost guaranteeing myself playoffs. And more than likely, there's only a few teams that can make it to the NFC Championship next year. Yep. If you go the AFC route, you're throwing a dart. Yeah. You're throwing, I don't know who's going to get there. Like the chiefs, I would say are the most likely to get there, at least be in the playoffs. But even then those teams are going to be beating themselves up all year long. What will they
0: have when they get to the playoffs? Yeah. And then you just do, cause you go, you go 12 in five. You could be in the road playoff game. You know, you have to go to Buffalo or Arrowhead or like, it's tough to play on the road. Um, it's, the AFC is just loaded with these young quarterbacks too. It's crazy.
1: So what's your pick? Like if you're going gun to your head right now, who's your Super Bowl? I,
0: I think it's just like when the Patriots are dominant with Brady. It's just like you, you can't. If I'm putting, gonna, I'm gonna pick the.
1: Well, you already said you're a gambling man. You're, yeah, yeah, you're if you're gambling
0: on Duke, I know you at least <laughs> yeah, you can Duke tell me. Daniel Jones, thank you, Daniel Jones. <laughs> um, no, Duke. I, I, you can't go against him. But like, I guess if there's odds right now, I would probably. Who would be like the fourth, like the Cincy, be like the fourth team? Actually, I don't, I don't think the Ravens are that. I, I think they could, the Ravens, people forget about Lamar. He sat out basically because he didn't want to get want to get his contract. Yeah. They added some pieces. They. they I love Zay, talking about Zay Flowers is. On, he put up to like 1,200 yards at Boston College. And so they, had, had, t- they had me throwing him the ball.
1: You have the Ravens coming out of the AFC. That is a dark horse pick. That's your pick. Doing
0: odds. I think if we're doing like odds, they're probably what, plus like. Fifteen hundred. You're looking like you're looking yeah, like, like bang for uh, your yeah. buck. I'm like betting, I'm betting hundred dollars to win two hundred on the Chiefs when I can bet 100 hundred to win fourteen hundred that the Ravens make it. That's a common looking. At. But I love Zay Flowers.
1: All right, so let's say. All right, so like your dark horse, your your bang for your buck is the Ravens versus who out of the NFC? The Eagles. I mean, in my opinion, like you have the teams that made it last year. I think the NFC has, has got some talent a, this year. The NFC has some talent. So, the Giants have gotten better. They got better. So And they were in the playoffs last year. Yep. Philly is, probably has is the most talent in the league. And they got better. And they got better. <laughs> well, they got Jalen Hurts back, and they, got, they brought in the DTAC. I think Jalen Carter. We got the offensive Ryan, coordinator for the Patriots. Did they? What's his name? Oh, hey. Patricia. Oh. Patricia's a defensive. Forgot about a that. Joke. But like uh, you think about it, I think Jalen Carter was probably the best player in the draft, and he fell because of the whole yeah. DUI. Uh, the kid how about dying. that six foot nine, three hundred
0: pound dude. That I had to block like, him last year. He runs a four five, 40 yard dash.
1: I had to block him. That's why my back hurts. That's why I can't golf as much because he's are, blocking these well, freaking. What was yards. your like
0: welcome to the NFL moment?
1: Sunday night football, first game of my career. Dallas. I'm lining up. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm playing out of position at right tackle, and I look over, and DeMarcus Ware is lined lined up across from me, and I'm just like, what just happened? Like, Please go to the other side. Like, You're supposed to rush over over the left tackle. And I guess they gave me – I probably got some chip help, and I blocked him a few times. And eventually he went back to the left side and started going against him. But that was my welcome to the NFL. We had six turnovers and lost – and we still had a chance at the end of the game to win it. And and there was a pick six at the end of the game. We lost on a pick six. Evan
0: speaks. I don't want to – I know you really like the Mannings, but also speaks. <laughs> Eli Manning in football and six turnovers in a game. Oh, it was man. devastating.
1: Yeah, we start, We started my NFL career 0-6. 0-6. <laughs> Tom
0: going?
1: Coughlin literally is like trying to like – Tom Coughlin is going to have a heart attack On the sideline of these games He's motherfucking us up and down every Monday But we had great leadership We actually ended up turning that year around I think we only, we ended up like 7 and 9 but we went, like, 7-3 and three down the stretch and, like, almost had a chance to make sneak into the playoffs. Yeah. But uh, uh, my right. welcome to the NFL was, like, you're 0-6. Good luck living in New York City as the first round. You're supposed to be the guy to help get us
0: over the hump, yeah. and we're 0-6 with you here. Uh, I think Daniel Jones had, like, two fumbles on his first start. And people are like, oh, no, he's got the Eli Syndrome. <laughs> I was just dying like my friends, because I went to school in Massachusetts, half like New York, half Mass. Like my college roommate's a Giants fan. Yeah. Um, and when they beat us when the Giants beat the Patriots in the seven eighteen one 18 18-1 season, he walked in Monday morning in my apartment at like eight o'clock in the morning. I'm hungover, 19 just years. Devastated. Ago, and he's just like, let's go! My like, dude, it's eight o'clock in the morning, I got a massive headache.
1: And uh, I was such a gamer. Like he yeah. was he was again to that part of like the cerebral part of it. Like, he was getting the ball out exactly when it was supposed to be out, where it was supposed to go. He led from the front. He was the first guy in, last guy out. And that team had so much talent. That defensive line yeah. on the
0: Giants well, was unbelievable. Said, the Eagles, they can rush four people and drop seven in coverage, and they could just – and. It took Hassan Reddick from the
1: Cardinals, who everyone thought was, his career
0: was over with.
1: Said, oh, yeah, you're, you were a DN and a top five pick. Yeah. Okay, let's put you back at DN then. <laughs> Instead of trying to make you a middle linebacker.
0: I think, and I don't know if this is all sports, but sometimes I think coaches, they overthink things or analytics is taking over or like, hey, this. And it's just, I mean, just overthink things and or like put people in different positions they think they could help. Like, I mean. They're so scared of
1: like screwing up and like it's such a cover your own ass business. A coach will put a player in a position that's actually bad for them for them to try to cover their own ass. Like coaches, unless they have like seniority and tenure, like an Andy Reid or somebody, yeah. coaches could care less about what's good for a player. They're only going to do what's good for their career. Yeah. It's just the nature of the business because they're going to get fired if they lose games.
0: How much do you guys, as like the offense and the defense, like different sides of the rooms, Are you guys talk a lot. You're going up against each other, but is it more like, hey, we're the offense or defense? Yeah, we sit like, with the offensive line at lunch. Like yeah. if you, if you,
1: I love the offensive line because it's five guys – They're from all five have to work together. The hardest position on the field is quarterback. All right. They have to know everyone's position. And then after quarterback, it's defensive backs. Like defensive backs, I would I do not envy that job.
0: A guy's running four, three speed at you, you're backpedaling half the turn. He knows the route that he's running and you have to react. That's in and they're like five nine and they're going against. Six foot five. Guys.
1: They're just they're just like goldfish though. They have the shortest term memory. DBs have the most confidence of any person I've ever met in my entire life because they'll get burnt for a touchdown three times in a row. They'll get one pass breakup and they celebrate like they just won the Super Bowl. It's none, the most amazing
0: thing to see. To be wide open in the end zone, drop the ball. The DB ten feet away will be like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And then it's off, but then it's offensive lineman, the hardest position oh, on the field yeah. to play. Because it's the same as defensive backs. We're going backwards. The best athlete on the field, it's a six foot five, six foot seven, two hundred and eighty pounds, runs a four five, absolute freakazoid, and we have to stop them going backwards. Yeah. It's stupid.
0: It how many offensive plays are there in a the game? Sixty? Sixty to seventy, 60 yeah. Sixty to seventy. So if your offensive line gave up five sacks in a game, that'd be awful. hmm That's terrible. You succeed 65 out of 66 plays. You give up a sack. If each person did that, you'd be like, dude, I, I won a battle 65 out of 66 times. But if everyone failed one time and gave up a sack, that would be an awful offensive line. And, and better- that D lineman would be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, but I succeeded 65 out of 66 tries. That's, that's <laughs> the beauty
1: of it. And that's why you need all five guys on the same yep. page. And that's what killed us in New York. We. We had a bunch of guys that were individuals along yeah. the offensive line. It probably doesn't help
0: moving around, too. In, in
1: Arizona, we had the closest group I've ever been a part of. We'd, we'd hang out all the time. Our wives hang out all the time, and that's what makes us great. So, yeah. like, that, I have, like, a formula in my head how a team should be run and, like, how within the team, how, like, those dynamics should be run. And I've already alluded to it, not paying a quarterback, not paying a running back. My D-linemen would have their own locker room where no one goes near them.
0: Would my D line Patrick Mahomes, though, if you offer offered this? Is that like in like so? The thing
1: is, like, to take the risk to find the Patrick Mahomes, because like, you don't know, like, right now, like, is Joe Burrow. That
0: guy. But Patty, his first four years, you kind of knew after you four. You were like, all right, we can pay. If
1: he would take I would offer him a deal. Yeah, yeah. But I'd be like, hey, I'm gonna tie it to the salary cap. You're never gonna make more than fifteen percent of the cap or six, whatever it is, sixteen yeah. so as the cap goes, you're gonna make more money, but that's all I can give you. Yeah, I can yeah. only allot this much to the quarterback position. And if you don't wanna take that, yeah. that's where I draw a line. And some team will give him twenty-five percent of the cap. Yeah, yeah. When your quarterback's making a quarter of the salary cap, he better be Peyton Manning, he yeah. better be Patrick Mahomes, he better be Tom Brady. And there's been, like, three or four of those guys throughout the course of football. I'm not a smart guy. Yeah. So, like, I'm going to play the odds. Like, I'm not going to find him, and I'm going to do everything else around him and yeah. try to find, you know. I've seen more Super Bowls won with non-top-tier non quarterbacks where you bring in, like, a Russell Wilson or you bring in a Trent Dilfer yeah. in Baltimore well, that year. That's why these
0: guys all succeed in their first Russell Wilson. It, it, even, you're, bringing into a, you're setting them up for success. Yeah, they're having a rookie deal. They're they're what three percent of the cap probably and yeah, if, wow. if that yeah so it's like this perfect like well we can pay everyone else and once you have to pay the quarterback you can't pay everyone else you know well look what's happening
1: in Kansas City yeah, right Chris now Jones. Chris Jones isn't showing up because they have no money he's like six seven isn't he he's a beast he's
0: monster of a human he's a beast um, we uh, what was it I had something uh, about football. Do you ever do you ever just like lock, line up like or do you ever just like line up against someone and just be like be like God fucking damn, I don't want to block this motherfucker again. <laughs> it's, it's like it's Aaron Donald. It's the only
1: guy that I'm yeah, like, like, I gotta gear I, So what happens? Aaron Donald wins games on Mondays. Aaron Donald wins games like Mike Tyson won fights. Mike Tyson will put the fear of God and whoever he's going up against. You're just watching on film Monday and you're just like, how the fuck? And he's guys are like have terrible technique against him because they're so scared of what he's going to do. And I just got to a point in my career where I was just like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to go throw my hands and be aggressive. And, and, and that's when I started playing better against him. Now, he still beat me. Like, yeah. he's still... I've given up sacks to him. But... I at least go out there and I fight. like that, That's the one. Like I go out there and I'm like, I'm just going to throw my hands. I'm going to be aggressive as hell. I'm going to piss him off all game long. Yeah. And I think the playoff game you saw, he tried to fight me. He tried to fight our left tackle. <laughs> and there's like a one where it's just like, stop hating. And you see Aaron Donald choking our left tackle out and like trying to grab him. And I'm just like... Jesus. It's the most it's the most ironic, funny picture of all time. He's he's one of those guys, you know, you go against Philly's D line, San Fran's D line, you know, like I'm gonna need to get in the cold tub after this game because these dudes are just relentless effort. I think you'll see that with the Jets this year. Their defense is gonna play relentless because yeah. Salah, it's that same philosophy. Um some of those teams just have your number. Like when I was in New York, Philly always beat us. We always beat Dallas. We always would split with the, with the Redskins. It was just so weird how it kind of yeah. all works out.
0: Like some teams are just built well, to beat the, other the teams. The Patriots, they just could never win in Miami. We would just never win in Miami. And they weren't in better December. than you ever. No, we just – it was like, oh, we're going to Miami. We'll lose this game. It's December. We've been used to cold. It's humid for whatever reason. They just We just lose the game. And um, I, I was going to ask you, mentioned about your offense line being a unit, and you also mentioned uh, your coach – Monroe at Syracuse, like, so the Northwestern stuff comes out. Some of it's like, I talk to my friends that play, like, Illinois and stuff, they're just like, dude, this is just locker room stuff. I go, man, it's kind of – some of this is a so weird. And I, get, and I read offensive linemen. I go, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, the offensive linemen
1: sense.
0: are weird guys. guys like, I was like, if this was like the defensive back, I mean, that's a little weird. But they go, oh, the offensive linemen would make them do this. I'm like, well, that's, that's just offensive linemen doing offensive alignment things. Yeah,
1: <laughs> the offensive line is a bunch of sickos. I'll be honest with you. We are a bunch of idiots. And it's such a crappy position to play. The only way you can get through the day is to have fun with it. You guys. Like, and mess with other guys. Like, be sarcastic and like – I. I, don't, I actually haven't read all the things that they did, so I don't want to misspeak and say, like, I co-signed. Yeah, like, yeah, they yeah. should be able to do that. But there is a lot of things that if someone – we, we we, everyone says it in the locker room all the time. Like, if this was seen in normal society, people would just be appalled and not know how you were able to do that. And I think anyone in any locker room would agree – women or men, the type of things that happen are just like, we never have grown up. We've never had to be in real society. Like I'm doing an internship right now. And like, I, we have an HR person and I flag myself for HR violations all day long. Like yeah. oh. I, like kick my, I, I show up in like sh, like sh, five inch inseam shorts, untucked polo shirt. I farted the one day in the lock, in the, in, the, in the office, not in the, in the locker room, that's completely normal. But in the locker room, I have an older woman who's right next door to me and like she heard it and i'm like oh my god i'm gonna get written up for some kind of hr violation here like you just don't realize what the normal world is like because i've been sheltered from it for so long you're
0: showered 60 dudes naked in a bath they just you say weird shit
1: you say weird no you no no this is it's not weird shit it's, it's what everyone's thinking yeah it's, and they're, everyone's just too scared to say it yeah. and i don't give a shit because yeah. like my, my my job was not dependent on me being politically correct. Yeah. And it's gotten worse and worse and worse over the years um, where like types of things pop up. But I would say bulk of what Northwestern was doing was probably on par with what most teams were doing. I bet you there were some things that they took a little too far. Yeah. And at that point that's on the coach to step in, but I don't even know. Did he know what was going on? I don't, he I don't know. He
0: said he did. I don't know. I didn't read too much, but I just, there was, I've read like a little bit and like one of the things that's trending on Twitter <laughs> I don't want to get it, but I was just like, I was like, by the offensive and like, well, well, that's kind of what offensive linemen do. Like, I don't know. It's, if my quarterback's doing that, I'd be like, hey, buddy, you got to be smart. You're the fra- face of the franchise. <laughs> offensive linemen, they, they're allowed to do whatever they want.
1: I will say college was a whole lot more, um, like, Aggressive, yeah. weird, weird, whatever adjective that you want to use that I can put on camera. <laughs> the NFL gets a little bit, um, more yeah, business. Job, little, yeah. yeah, You have older guys, guys with kids, guys, you know, a yeah. little more professional, but in college, you're putting 18 to 22 year olds. They're on their own for the first time ever. They're idiots. Yeah. And you, and everyone, when you, when you judge what's going on in any locker room, not just Northwestern. Cause I don't, again, don't know the whole story, but just like put a lens on like when you were 18, you made mistakes. Now bring in like, the atmosphere of college football. These kids are getting paid. They have no supervision. Like The coaches, again, to what I said before, they say they're building men. They only care about taking care of themselves and winning games to put more money in their pockets. Look at Urban Meyer. He had murderers on his team and could care less. And the thing is, too, and Urban Meyer did make this point in the documentary, and Nick Saban has said this, if you kick a kid off a team, you're sending him back out there and taking the only thing that has been organizing his life away from him... Yeah. Those guys are in serious, serious trouble at that point. And they're coming from areas that aren't very good. Yeah. So, like, trying to discipline and keep guys in the program and keep them on that path is the best thing we can do
0: for yeah. any of these student athletes. Absolutely. I mean, we were talking about your eighteen, Justin, I, we had a suite in my junior year. We had a spare room, single. We used to smash bottles in it. Just idiots, just doing stupid if stuff. I just went here in a spare room in a normal society, smashing bottles. Like, it was funny. Girls, got to be like, you, you're idiot. What are you doing? We were just a bunch of buddies, played soccer. One day he just got mad. He, he lost the game. He took his bottle, smashed it against the wall. He's like, dude, that felt really good. You should try it. And to a point where one day we're just sitting there. We didn't, we guys, we didn't clean the room, spare room. Of course. So nothing's in there. It's just empty. So it's just glass. So we shut the door. Our, uh, we here, a knock at the door. Our buddy just comes, we're like, what's up, Aaron? He just, two bottles. He's like, go in there and smash it. He's like, okay. Go have at it. Yeah. To a point where, like, one of the girls that live next door, like, like came in, she like called the RA. She's like, they keep throwing bottles at us, and she comes in. We're like, what are you doing? she's like, they say you're smashing bottles. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking. I'm like, we're talking. Like, we're about to get fucked right now. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. The door shut. She's like, where? I was like. Where, where do you think we'd be smashing bottles? Like our bathroom's right there. Do you see any glass anywhere? And like I go, that's someone's room. They think we're smashing bottles on my room? And it was empty. I was like, my room? She's like, alright. She's looking in the bathroom, didn't go in that room. I'm like, oh thank God. We at least start cleaning that up the next the next minute later. You know we had a full trash can of ice. You can't or of of glass, you can't lift that. Oh no. It we I'd have put like a quarter of so heavy. I put a quarter of it. I put like newspapers on top and make it. Like, I'm taking out the trash. And, and that's, that's just that's one that's example. That's just
1: and you're telling, the PG, you're telling the PG stories. I'm sure there's more that you can't even tell on My camera right now. My was cold
0: one day and tried to start a fire because he wanted we report, So we didn't want to have heat. So he got to start a fire and brought like in a little pan. And then it just, the house was just full of smoke. Yeah. He thought that was just normal.
1: Yeah, 100%. Like, it's just <laughs> people do stupid things, and everyone out there knows they did stupid things. No one wants to admit it, though. Everyone's like, Everyone has skeletons in their yeah. closet. They don't want their skeletons coming out, but they want yeah. everyone else's to come yeah. out. Yeah. And eventually, we're going to get to a point where, like, everything gets canceled and, like, we can't live. So I think we'll actually start to revert back yeah. the other way. It's Hopefully. like, all right, let's start <laughs>
0: providing some slack out yeah, there. Yeah, let's bring back spashing bottles in 100%. my room. 100%. Um, you alluded to it. You're doing an internship, so you're kind of starting to prepare for post life yeah. after the NFL. What is what's the goal? Yeah, so real estate
1: de- development. Uh, I've started working for a firm while playing. During COVID, the Cardinals came to me and they were like, "Hey, you got to take a pay cut." They're like, "We're going to cut cut your salary by like." all the way down like by by one seventh of what you were making before and then not only are we cutting your salary you're gonna have to earn it back through incentives and I was like fuck you I'm retiring I'm done this was after year eight this was like three years three off seasons ago now and I'm like I'm done I'm not playing football anymore and then I'm like, well, what am I going to do? <laughs> like I, I get
0: all this confidence. I'm going to quit. I'm going to retire. Like I'm when you done. Break up, we break up with a girl. You're like, I can do better. And then like two days later, you're like, God, I can't do better. <laughs> yes,
1: go exactly. <laughs> so I come crawling back to the Cardinals and I'm like, I never, I never told them I was going to retire, but like in my head, like I'm yeah. come crawling back, signed the contract. But at that moment, I'm like, what do I want to do after? So like right here in town, I had bought a three acre piece of land right before COVID hit and ended up selling it and doing a 1031 exchange. Which is just like to defer the taxes to pay them later. Like you just, it's to it's to increase like business in the area, increase like infrastructure, like because people are building and continue to build, it raises the yeah. value of the land around it. So I did this 1031 exchange, met a company that that took the money and helped me do the exchange. We ended up putting the money into ground up development to build multifamily apartments, and once I saw. That process, I was hooked, and I'm like, this is what I want to do. There's like, it's got a very good, like, offensive line vibe to it where you're taking people from all walks of life, all different mentalities, and you're trying to get them all to go in the same direction to get this to, to, for one common goal. Like, offensive line is to protect the quarterback and open up lanes for the running back. Right now, as a developer, your whole goal is to get this project built. So, you're trying to help the construction team out, you're trying to help the lenders out, you're trying to go raise money. So, you're, you're trying to go do all these different projects under one roof. And it's the perfect fit for me. So I've been there for two years, decided to keep playing. It's really opened my eyes to life after football. I've been networking like crazy. I've been out meeting anyone I can. I go meet everyone for lunch and, you know, coffee, whatever.
0: Yeah, I told you I'd smash some heads for you. You right. text me the wrong. <laughs> I'm, well, it's funny. I was, I was,
1: I'm trying to get in the Arizona Country Club, and I've been talking to a few folks over there. And I was talking to my one buddy, and I, I hung up with him. And you texted me like five minutes later, and I'm yeah. like, did he? name of scott i'm like oh shit this is and I, I texted you like hey we'll wine and dine i'm trying to get in whatever i gotta <laughs> do <laughs> yeah, i love that to- you were for the team though you were like <laughs> oh, whatever okay, we gotta we do it, we i'm gotta ready do to it. go
0: justin texted me he's like hey we gotta wine them and dine them. we're trying to do this let's close this deal i'm just i texted text him to hey for the podcast yeah and i'm just like hey i think you're the wrong person but I, i'm let's do it what do i gotta do whose head do i gotta smash you know i was, I was <laughs> For
1: the car, it was like three hundred. You were like, "I'm in."
0: Yeah, I'm in. Sign yeah, me I'm, up. Like, we're, we're going we're, to
1: war right now. The, uh, you didn't know the, the town.
0: I can't tell you what we're going to do, but we're going to hurt some people. Whose car we take? One hundred percent. That's exactly I was like, what this was. I was like, whose car we take? It's
1: good to know that I know a guy in town that was in the is, is ready to roll at any yeah. given time. I was like, uh,
0: White, Whitey
1: Balger, Boston. You know, I, I've learned a few <laughs> things. Uh, so yeah, so real estate is is the next move. But I realize that if I keep playing football, it actually provides more access to me off the field. So. it, it it, the cold email or the cold call goes a whole lot further when you're active NFL player. And as yeah. soon as that goes away, that leverage goes away. Do you
0: ever call someone there's like, Hey, it's Justin Pugh. And they're like, yeah, okay, buddy.
1: Yeah. John, stop prank calling me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of times I'll hit people up and they'll be like, wait, are you the Justin Pugh that played for the new? Cause I deal a lot with New York. It's yeah. the money capital of the world. Are you the Justin Pugh that played for the New York giants? I'm like, yeah, I am, you know, Doing real estate now, and they're like, "Oh, it's amazing!" It, it kind of like lowers the guard, and then yeah. you can talk business. And
0: I might say my job, I change my header, Justin Pew, one hundred percent. Just like your picture, just, the, yeah. Just my, um, just get you in the door. It's it. And then like, my buddy. He's in sales. He from an old company. He puts his picture in his signature and his emails. Because it gives them, I think when people open up and see a picture, it puts, makes a more human element. Yes. He said once he put his picture in, it started, he started getting a little more people. Like, at least be, you're in sales. People are going to tell you to go fuck off. Like, I think I got a little more people be a little nicer. That, like, that, oh gosh, that's the I biggest that. thing I've learned. It's it's whatever leverage you have,
1: yeah, use it. People are like, oh, you're an NFL player. You don't bring anything to the table. You don't have any, like, because I have no, I put this tweet out today. It was like we should just give athletes the option to opt in or out of school when they're at a university. Like let's stop pretending the NCAA is not a business and we're not doing this for money. Let me go play football. Give me a scholarship later in life when I'm actually going to value it. Or if I never want to use it, let me pass it on to one of my kids. I've earned it. Yeah. Let me, you can give it to me later in life. Just mentor me on taxes, on legal, on all the things that are actually gonna be beneficial for playing my sport. And you can still opt in, like for me, I would've opted in to go to school while playing football. But a guy, like all he wants to do is go play football. Don't ruin his, give him the chance to go back and get education later
0: on in life. It's Uh, it's a crazy idea, but I actually think it works. I I coached college basketball for four or five years. I always said this, people are like, oh, they get a free education. Right. What education were you I, what degree were they going into? Yeah, I, go, I go I go All right, so forty, fifty thousand 50000 dollars I go a year. I go, okay, 40-50,000 dollars a year. They get a free education out of it. If it was if they were going to be like a doctor, I'd be like, all right, that if you're going to be a surgeon, like, oh, you can get that for free. It's 100,000. Mm-hmm. So dollars. it's a 40 50, which is below like what a teacher makes. And these guys are putting in my buddy at Boston College it was he was like explaining to his schedule like hey you want to go I'll come to the game he's like I don't know we have film the next day if we lose like, like yeah. I was like what are you doing he's like oh, I literally wake up at like six do like a lift I go to my classes I go eat lunch I go to another class I'm done by two I go watch I go watch film I go up practice then I go to eat dinner at seven I have my tutor I have to go sit in the tutor room from eight to ten I go to bed do it all over again I go don't tell me and that- what was his degree and like and, and- yeah it, he, he, he had him transfer absolutely but like he was like explaining his thing it was just like they. 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. I go, You, I'll, go, I'll give you 50k a year, but I want you to work at my company from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Yeah. You would say no shot. You'd be like, I'm so underpaid.
1: And all I'm going to do is, and at that point, I'm not even paying you. I'm just going to teach you in knowledge. Yeah. Like, it's really what it is. We're basically interns and, at, a, at a university, and what we're learning is bullshit anyways. I don't need to know how to do long form algebra. Like, t- show me how to like, if you're a W two employee, how are you taxed? How do you actually create write offs? How do you form a business? What's an LLC? Like that's what I'm thinking we should do. Have like a business combine for athletes. You can opt in. You can go to school and get your degree and whatever. But most of the guys at Syracuse were in like communication and rhetorical studies. Yeah. They can't Swing do anything. They can't do anything with that degree after because the, they, they, they all have, thought they were going to the NFL yeah. and then four percent well, of them do. I think
0: there should be in college. There should just be like a class called Life One Hundred and One. You go in there, like your freshman year, it's like, here's how you do, like, laundry. Here's how you do, like, there's shit like Here's that. how
1: you cook a steak, medium,
0: yeah, steak, medium like, rare. T- everything, just life skills, and then you have, like, life 201, which is, here's, yes, yeah, so you're making $50,000 a year. Here's how taxes work. 25% that has gone. If you do health insurance, that's gone. You're going to have to pay, you want to live in Boston, average rent's $1,700. Yep. They, they just go over everything. Like, if you put away 5% of, from when you're 18, like, I was in college. I worked the work job like 15 hours a week, right? Got $10 an hour. I mean, $150. What do I need as a college kid $150 a week for? Well, I granted my, I pay my to loan stuff, but like that was after you graduated, you're, you get your meal plan, you get everything that's already paid for. What do I need $150? If someone's just like, hey, th- beers, $30, 30 pack, all right, you just need that on Friday and Saturday. So you need $30, this, kaboshans, $50 away for a week put it in like the S and P 500 2008 to 2015. Yeah. I'd be so much well off right now. And I could have bought a house, you know, earlier, you know, just like, they don't like just life gen- There's no life skills. There's not explaining it. When I was a when I was working, and granted, I grew up in a middle-class family. Like we had a house, small house, but like i didn't have to worry about like food or anything. Yeah. So it's like, I'm working a summer job, can't making $300. What do I need $300 for as a, 16, 17 year old kid. I should have just, someone should have been like, hey, put, if you put half of that away, and when you're 35, it will be, you know, the $100 will be 450 And you keep doing it every time. And you're- think about the
1: NIL space right now with these kids. Like, I, we got to stop acting like the NCA is like a non profit for education system, it is a for profit TV revenue ad. <laughs> People Nobody. go to schools based on how good the sports teams are and, and spend thousands of dollars on tickets and tailgates I, and jerseys.
0: I get so mad at people like when these and, uh, these college presidents are like, "Oh, we have the best thi-. no no, Alabama in 2007 when I was a college, high school kid. When I would apply to Alabama, you need literally like a two point one. Now you need a three point three. That's not because they have better professors than they did now. That's because of Nick fucking Saban. A hundred percent. Nick Saban and all the division uh, and all those NFL players and national championships they put through people. When you win people donate more money that you can afford to maybe pay better professors to yeah. look better, but more people want to go there. So you are getting a bigger pool. Of, uh, look applicants. at the Johnny
1: Manziel documentary, like how much money he generated for Texas A&M. Like, it's staggering. The, the Miami
0: university. There'd be like the president's like, Oh, we got a new building. Well, it's weird that we got a new building after we keep winning the orange bowl. hundred percent. Weird how that works.
1: It's crazy. So yeah. like, that's where I'm like, there's such a, uh, a lack and people just don't know. People don't know about it. And that's why they say it. But I really think that it's like, Make a pro league. It's basically a professional league where you can get some type yeah. of education. Let's call it a business. Give us the education down the road. Cause like right now, every NFL player goes back to school after they're done. Cause they don't know what to do. Yeah. That's when we need the education. We don't need it when we're 18 years old because we don't care about it. Yeah. Like every guy thinks he's going to the league. Every guy, what, what's your, what's your goal? I'm going to go to the NFL. Like there's, yeah. I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to the NFL. So when we actually need the education, actually need the support, we don't have it. And when we don't need it is when we have it and we don't utilize it. Yeah. I think... It'll it, never happen. It but you, just, I think it's just
0: too much money in college. It's like when people... Like well, you playing, can still go play for the college. Just give
1: me Life 101, Life 202, yeah. Life three hundred. Like every year, you don't really have classes. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, and I think that the these... One, the Pac-12 is gone, or it's going to be gone or whatever. Well, these college uh, athletic departments and presidents are moving conferences. Why? Because of more money. But they get mad that some gymnastics LSU girls making $3 million a year like uh she should be able to they just it's, don't want anyone to know about it yeah, yeah it's just like let who NIL once the cat's out of the bag and they yeah. then they I thought NIL should have been implemented the only way you could fairly not fairly but fairly pay people because you can't pay the backup goalkeeper on the men's soccer team the same as the Johnny Manziel yeah you can't do that so and the life like, isn't fair yeah when, when it, you get out of, when you get out of college life isn't fair the highest producers get the highest amount of money yeah the they just welcome to the real world that's yeah, how it works so <laughs> um but yeah that's uh yeah just in yeah, college i just, just i'm glad football's back Get pumped yesterday, yesterday, yesterday USC? I, bet on, I, bet on, I bet on like nine i bet there's seven games i bet like 95 games because i was so excited really i start notre dame I once was i'm like, done playing i'll i'll, I'll I was, get into it but i was up i bet notre dame first quarter <laughs> half game win 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 and i was like ooh, this is Free money now. And then I just lost every bet after
1: that. Yeah. But it was so fun. Being in the NFL, you see, like, you never know what's going to happen. Like, even a player on a team, everyone talks about, like, these, all these NFL guys are getting suspended for gambling. I have no idea on a lot of games. It depends on how we come out and play. Because the team yeah. talent wise is not as big of a gap as college. So I know on any given Sunday, any NFL team can win. For the most part, like, you know who's better. But when you play a bad team, you go into it thinking, like, this is going to be a cakewalk. Yeah. So really, it's more of a mentality thing. Like, I'm not going to bet on how the Cardinals woke up today. Like, are they feeling frisky or not?
0: When we, when I was coaching best, and granted, it's Division Three, I was coaching. We had a guy on our staff that was a Division One player, and we were we should have beat this team by like 30, and we were like tied at half. And there's this like little scrawny kid that was going off against us, and this Division One came in. And he's like. Yeah, I know you guys make fun of this kid. He looks like he's like five foot eight scrawny. He's Guys, This is what happens when you give he's he's, guys, he's playing college basketball Like these guys are playing college football exactly. when you give him a little confidence This kid probably scored 2,000 points in his high school. It's he, all confidence. He, he gets a little confidence, So that's like mm-hmm. kind of like when you see upsets in college football, like, mm-hmm. you know Gaps bigger it's like these guys were all the best players in their high school like you give them a little confidence They're like oh, sh- I can hang with these. I can hang with USC. I can hang with Caleb. You the a talent gap
1: gets smaller and gets smaller at every level you go up. Yeah. And then in the NFL, any given Sunday. Yeah, so every- that's why like, when everyone tells me like, they're betting or doing the fantasy. I'm like, I love fantasy. I love, I love yeah. gambling for our game because that's why people tune in. Yeah, people don't tune into a random Thursday night game because they want to see Justin Pugh block somebody. Yeah, they're tuning in because they're betting on my team to beat that team, or they have Kyler Murray on their fantasy team, and, yeah. and it's a playoff game. Like for them, that's what, and that's players lose that perspective as well. They think like people are really tuning in for them. The reason quarterbacks are so important is because they touch the ball on every play and are so vital to like this guy's bet on a Sunday yeah. or this guy's fantasy team. That's what makes the NFL so mad
0: mad. I'm watching UMass versus New Mexico state because I'm betting UMass plus seven. And I'm just like, <laughs> this is like makes it exciting. Or like, if you were like, Hey Scott, come watch the Syracuse game. I'm like, well, I don't really know anything. Or I was, I was Syracuse. So I have, like, something to like root for. Exactly. I have no correlation to Syracuse. So yeah, I love that. Um, but I guess we'll wrap it up here. We've been talking, going for a bit. Um, you also are trying to start a podcast.
1: Yeah. So this goes back to what I've been talking about the whole time. I want to start a podcast called – it's going to be called Net Worth with Justin Pugh. Eventually, I'll have guests on. But when we – when you get drafted, you go up on stage and – during training camp, I think if you've seen Hard Knocks, you have to do a rookie show, you have to sing. But before you even get to that point, like just to introduce yourself, you have to get up there and say your name, the school you went to, and your signing bonus, basically your net worth at a time. So you have some guys go up there and say, Justin Pugh, Syracuse University, million bucks, or whatever my signing bonus was. And you have some guys go up there and say, like, so-and-so, this university a thousand dollars or zero dollars like i'm basically i paid for my flight here and it really shows you the disparity in the locker room and what i want to do is like what happens from that point going forward how do you put that team around you how do you how do you handle the business of sport and that's what i'm going to be going into i'm going to be interviewing guys what they do off the field what makes them tick talk about things like the baker mayfield situation It's brought his allegedly his father and brother came in and took $12 million and he doesn't know where it is. And he's suing them right now to figure out what happened to that money. Oh, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield. Really? So Ooh. things like that and signing bonuses and how guys are taxed. I'm trying to optimize for professional athletes. Yeah. And eventually I want to look at it through a real estate lens as well. Cause I love real estate and that passive income because what happens with NFL players is all of a sudden you get a million bucks. Your lifestyle goes right to a million bucks. I've never been taught. I didn't have life one-on-one in college. So my, my lifestyle jumps up and then all of a sudden my cash goes to zero, but my lifestyle is still, here. This gap right here is how all NFL players go broke. Their burn rate, how much they spend a month, is way more than they're making. And eventually, they have a little nest egg of cash, and that goes down, 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 and eventually, they they, they, they go won't. broke. Yeah, And that's why so many guys go broke. So what I'm trying to do is provide advice, stories, communication, and a network to help guys out from college football as a freshman making nil money all the way to retiring walking away from the game and what to do after and, and there's a health component to it because i love health and if you don't have your health health is wealth so that's yeah. all part of this whole net worth is, is your well-being and your health so we're going to cover all those topics i just got my whole little setup in the in the office so all right we'll be rolling through i'm going to get you know get you back
0: on my up, podcast stop the card, springfield college zero dollars net worth exactly 14 dollars. and then where do you go from there that's thing. Exactly um, we'll We're gonna find out. Syracuse don't, minus don't, three. Don't, don't get, don't give away any <laughs> uh, of the Scott, any of the tips. How do you plan to turn fourteen dollars into a million? Oh, I got a fourteen leg parlay. <laughs> Here we yeah, It <you> can't lose. <laughs> oh, i have a question. I was. I, I fall bar stool. I was listening. To him. Your name got brought up. Did you party with them in Jersey one time?
1: Yeah. Like, so, like Big
0: Ev got. He was like, I was so drunk that day. Or something Really like, I don't even know When that like, one was, was like years So, ago in Jersey so
1: this So this is uh, I'm very tied in With Barstool been, I have been Since my whole New York career Cause when I got Drafted to New York Barstool Had just moved To New York City Okay So I went on Part of my take I was one of the oh, first Like really? five or six episodes Me and my buddy Marshall Newhouse Who knew yeah. PFT Commenter Yeah We went on Part of my take Like yeah. I don't remember If you ever remember Like they had Mark Schlereth Come on and they, they all peed their pants. pants We were the episode Right before oh, that one like, It was one of the first so Ever episodes you got Wally pipped. hundred percent. Yeah. Justin Pugh got Wally pipped by the
0: Marshall <laughs> of peanuts. <laughs> and that bathroom's like this. They shit. had
1: me call Eli Manning. Like, who's the most famous person in your phone? And I'm like, trying to like act cool. So I'm yeah. like, oh, Eli Manning. And they're like, call him right now. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. And so I called him up. He picked up. I, he probably hated me for that. Yeah. But yeah, so I went on, I went on part of my take. And then that day, Caleb Presley was bringing in interns and he hired Glennie Balls to be yeah, his intern. Because he was fast? <laughs> so he was the fa- he, he raced that day. So, Glennie has a Rangers tattoo like on his chest. It might be on his ass cheek or something like that. He's like, my best friend's the biggest Giants fan. And I'm like, well, if you guys are hiring interns at Barstool, I need an intern at my house. So, my house, we thought we were going to be Entourage and I was going to be Vinny Chase yeah. and it was going to be this amazing life. We ended up being old school. We were like a fraternity. I had a 75 year old guy live next door. He came and hung out with us all the time. <laughs> the house was a mess. Like you said, and we hired an intern from that barstool interview and like, shout out to my buddy, Johnny. He's like my little brother. Now he came and was our intern. We did the show with Sophie Julia where they came into like, yeah. the MTV cribs in my house.
0: <laughs> the Blake, the Blake Balls ones. I, like, what so doing? <laughs> I got
1: I pip, I, my, my episodes were never as good, but like I did all those episodes. Did, yeah. So I did that. I did that. And my, I had the intern come and he had his whole like tuxedo on. On and, like, we would do a Friendsgiving every year. So the, the Barstool guys have been, have been you know, great um, great to work with because that's the type of media that I, that's, I like. That's,
0: that's I, can, I can
1: curse. I can say what I want to say. I can have my opinion because, like, I'm not tied to a network. That's my biggest fear. Like a guy like Pat McAfee who just, like, goes off the cuff, yeah. it scares me when he goes to ESPN because ESPN is going to put those – blind or like, you can't go outside of this yeah. world. So it'll be interesting to see like if anyone can navigate it, it's Pat McAfee because he's yeah, the, he's, he's one of the so best, um,
0: but that's, that's the type of media. And I always got along with the barstool guys. Yeah. I they like, just pretty, my buddy was, uh, I went to college with is Mikey podcasts and he, he like, started podcasts there for them. And then they end up having a billion podcasts. And then I think he works with Greg Olson yeah, for his company now. But, uh, he's, uh, I heard some stories. That they just, you know what it is? They're just, they're who they are. They're authentic. They're funny. That's you know, how I want to
1: like, be. Like, I real. I don't want to ever like sign and uh, you know have a deal with a podcast where like I'm relying on funding from a podcast. I want to talk about what I want to talk yeah. about. I want to say what I want to say. And if it's if it's genuine and it fits with people, we'll have listeners. If not, I won't have a podcast for very long.
0: Yeah. But I think it's at the end of the day, if you're genuine, you you say what you want to say. But like also like you want to have a podcast where you're talking about this. But like sometimes you go down a dark not dark a, a different turn you're just like now. We're t- like I lately I was watching uh, their pick central thing and it was just like they brought up your name I was like oh it's crazy I'm gonna talk to him soon and I was like I had to ask what, what you did with them but yeah you, you're getting Wally picked. Every time Every time Every time Well maybe my <laughs> Next time you go on Barstool I'm going to be like Hey guys you don't know me But can I go after Justin Because I might become famous now <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the
1: good luck Chuck Whoever <laughs> goes after it Has the viral moment And I'm just like ah,
0: He's alright Was is that, is that Dane Cook? Yeah yes. Dude, He fell off the mat He was like At one point He was like Chris Rock He was the man Boston guy he, uh, Of course Talking about someone Stealing money from you his brother stole like $40 million from him or something like that. Usually oh, like that. I got to get Dane Cook on my yeah. podcast and figure out what not to do that. Yeah, absolutely. But all right. Thanks for coming on. Everyone, and Angie's husband. Angie's husband. <laughs> <laughs>